You're listening to the John DePietro Show. The uh, story about the mayor of Woonsocket, Mayor Lisa Beldelli Hunt, you're going to hear a lot about that um, over the, for quite some time, I have a feeling. I, I have to admit, I, I don't understand what would go into the thinking um, of, of how someone that, you know, had been then forced out by the council and then is able to get back into office would operate in this manner where you are handing uh, your opponents, right? It's like the old thing. You're not paranoid if there are people against you. There are people against the mayor of Woonsocket, right or wrong. But how you would get involved in this scenario where you're dealing with this developer, it seems to be certainly common knowledge that there's some form of a business relationship there where I think the mayor, and, and again, I don't, I don't know all the details of this, but I think where the mayor really has gone into problems is you, you have Channel 12 because they claim now that the mayor, and they were even asking, they, here's the problem. Channel 12 believes that the mayor of socket, Lisa Beldelli Hunt, Channel 12 thinks they believe that she lied to them and lied to them to get out of this story. That's the problem. Now, the mayor may not think it is, and the mayor may just say, you know, hey, I don't have to answer all their questions, but um, it's okay to think that. And and maybe there are some times when someone could could think that way, <laughs> get away with it. I don't think this is one of those times. I think the mayor, Channel 12, they have two reporters on this right now. I'm anxious to see if they move to three. Um, but they have two investigative reporters working on this story. And here's a problem for the mayor's office. They're not coming up empty. They're getting more information. So whatever was behind this business with the documents and the land deal developer, this, um, I, I am telling you, I believe that th this is, uh, is spiraling here this $182,000 loan ethics filing now you have common cause speaking out and making accusations against the mayor she claimed she had never done personal business with the developer but then they learned she once listed the man as her employer and borrowed when you borrow close to 200 grand from someone I think you'd remember that so there's a couple of problems for the mayor one socket that I see not only do you you know, this is the ultimate with this smoke. That there's definitely something odd here. When you start to try to say you you're not that familiar with someone, and then the the media outlet learns that oh, there's definitely something there. That certainly raises some red flags. But another problem that's here, and it's in the um, the Boston Globe, and that is the fact that the current attorney general, Peter Narona, is contemplating a run for governor. And he's not ruling it out. Now, granted, it's some time off. But how could he use his office and then be get positive headlines? How about a corruption investigation? Now, the Channel 12 story also says in 2016, the city paid this developer 100000 for land to install pipes connecting with Saka Cumberland water supplies, according to a report at the time in the Valley Breeze. The developer said he planned to donate those proceeds back to the city for charitable purposes. You also, you, you can't underestimate the investigative efforts that the Valley Breeze will now put into this. And when Socket buys land for Cumberland Water Connect, that was April 13th, 2016. So I, um, I'm at a loss to explain. <laughs> and maybe the mayor will. Right now, Channel 12 is saying that the mayor is suddenly not responding now the mayor at some point she can just start to say no comment as a matter of fact her attorney may start to say we don't want to talk about this right now but when you have federal funds involved here this certainly would seem that this has all the makings of what could literally turn into a federal investigation i'm, I'm not going to um i'm not going to go so far as to say people are going to go to jail 
but there's nothing good about that. So whatever was behind the motivation here to keep the city council in the dark, which they were, the city council, they have every right to start to scrutinize this. I don't know how much down the mayor is going to be responsive to it. I'll tell you, Channel 12 is certainly into this. But whatever the motivation was, this is, it, it, this is not going to go away anytime soon. You have at least, right now, you have two media outlets in the Valley Breeze and WPRI Channel 12, and they are fully vested in this story. And they're, this will start to become an ongoing, I, I think you're going to see the Attorney General, Peter Narona, step into this, and I actually think, I think because of the federal funds, you're going to see the U.S. Attorney get involved on this land deal and Winsocket investigation. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, let's see. I was up in Smithfield. We had a report. State police were looking for some individuals that had stolen high-end robbery of diamonds. So on the scene live stream, we jump into action. So I go to the Smithfield Commons. And we're in the parking lot, or I'm in the parking lot, and I'm communicating with my team. And I, I drive over to K Jewelers, and they're open, and there are no police cars. Okay, that's Putnam Pike. And then there's another diamond store pretty much right near there, or near there. And no crime scene. Um, last night, there was someone claiming that... $10 million worth of diamonds were stolen. I, 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 and the person was saying $10 million worth of diamonds were stolen, blah, 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 from, from Northern Rhode Island. Um, that, that's what someone is claiming. It doesn't mean it happened. If someone calls police and they say, hey, somebody broke into my house and stole a $10 million painting. All right, they can make that claim. But then, number one, they have to prove they actually had something an artwork of that type of value and then let alone whether or not someone actually broke in and stole it but now we're hearing it was just in the parking lot so it was very frustrating because we were up there and we're ready to do on the scene live stream and there was um we couldn't there was nothing couldn't there's no police cars now have i have been uh i went to there was a bank robbery right in that very area back during the summertime and when you pull up there, there were five smithfield police officers there right surrounding the bank and so forth and they were there for at least 90 minutes and that was from a woman that went in that was where they were attempting to rob the bank actually so you have that i went to um one time this past summer there was someone did rob a bank the beginning of the summer in cranston guy actually went up on a bicycle they caught him much later that night but he passed the note to the teller he made off with 800 dollars. and when i arrived at the citizens bank there were um you know three police cars there and so forth but what was so odd about the smithfield situation i i don't some of this individual was trying to claim i heard that it went over and that's what was called into the police i i believe that that's was maybe what was called in but i let's just let's just play this out so we're to believe that in smithfield in that parking lot now now they say someone was robbed in the parking lot of 10 million worth of diamonds all right let, let's just play that out let's let's pretend for a moment that it was maybe a k jewelers stores don't carry that level and value of merchandise and not even anymore. I mean, they just don't. 
Um, I, I've never shopped at that K Jewelers right there in the Smithfield Commons, but I'm willing to bet that if you took everything in their store, everything, uh, all their diamonds, all their rings, everything they sell, I, I'm not convinced that that even adds up to to $1 million. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the amount of inventory they have is less than 500000 500, During the course between now and Christmas, when uh, jewelry stores do the bulk of their business, I think they do 80% of their business leading up to Christmas. I, I don't think that K Jewelers in Smithfield Commons, I don't, I don't think they'll, they're going to, I don't think they'll do 1 million in sales. Uh, me, I, you know, maybe, maybe a couple hundred thousand if they're lucky, perhaps, but certainly not that. So my point is the idea that somehow, uh, $10 million, uh, are there some stores around the country that might have that type of inventory perhaps right like um somewhere in miami somewhere certainly in new york city definitely somewhere in beverly hills i don't know if they might have anything because i don't think they'd be covered in shirt and today the way you can have things delivered and the way thieves are i i don't think you'd even have something of that kind of value uh, in your store never mind you know on the west coast where we see all the organized theft and so the idea that somehow and i think that's the way they're trying to say that i think there's something odd here that someone's claiming that they had 10 million dollars worth of diamond stole i i don't i i want to hear more of the particulars what would warrant someone to be in that parking lot with 10 million dollars worth of diamonds the whole story just seems very unusual um you had on federal hill back in the beginning of the summer when those people robbed that bank it was an inside job of an employee they got into the vault and they made off with five hundred thousand, and that was in a bank vault but we're to believe was supposedly to believe someone at the smithfield commons was robbed of 10 million in diamonds i i i again i we i we were there it was frustrating because then i was kind of riding around putnam pike like because i i got there and normally you'd see a massive police right that, that's like out of the movie goodfellas the lufthansa heist you had um you know the whole situation hudson uh bank vault with like the famous you know the 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 great heist and that's when those guys ripped off everything and people didn't even know that there were there was all these members of organized crime had all this stuff in the safety deposit boxes but i mean it's something of that magnitude so it was an odd story we were there searching for a scene i couldn't find any scene because it doesn't seem like there was a scene and now someone is uh, making that claim so we'll see where that story leads folks you're listening to the john DePietro show When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Chapa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shapa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. 
Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, let's start off. We um, we touched on this last week. Governor McKee certainly has been keeping a low profile since then. But, um, you know, the, the dilemma last week was, does he allow this staffer, Miguel Sanchez, to continue working for him? Or as Dan McGowan stated it, or does he lean into it and terminate him? And, uh, and Governor McKee... Uh, made that choice. I'd like to hear your thoughts on how this went down and what the reaction has been like. Well, I think it's I, honestly. I mean, like we talked about last week, uh, I, I think it's a it's a win win move for the governor, right? Yep. This is one where uh, the mainstream of I think of his own party, and I think like the the majority of Rhode Islanders are looking at this and and saying like there's clearly kind of one side to. Uh, to this issue <laughs> and and you know to have a staffer you know a relatively low level staffer in the governor's office um you know directly contradicting and and sort of seeking an argument about this it's it's completely reasonable for the governor to want to take action and you know i i, I did think that that this was a chance for him to kind of lead into it and say look i'm gonna draw a line here and uh, and I probably win this battle in the public. I wasn't sure. I, so I thought that was an opportunity, and I, and I think that's what he's doing. I wasn't sure if he would actually kind of follow through on it because I think the governor tends to, and like, it, it's not just this governor. You, you, you know, do you want to pick a fight unnecessarily? Do you want the, you know, the really the social media backlash that comes from this? This isn't, you know, a mainstream big, you know, issue that, that he's probably facing like questions every day. I and mean, we haven't actually seen him. I think he's going to make an appearance uh, this morning for the first time all week but um i think it's a smart move for him i think he's he's showing that i'm going to be a grown-up in the room here you know they gave this councilman sanchez you know they gave him chances to you know delete his his posts and to uh not necessarily walk back what he believes but to um to you know fall in line with what the governor wants and when, when you're an employee of the governor's when you're an at-will employee as as people have pointed out you know essentially a political appointee uh, you don't get to freelance, right? You don't get to, to you know, go and, and at least not without repercussion. This is the repercussion. And uh, I, I'll tell you this, I think the other side to this is that I think it's a shame. Uh, I think the councilman is being incredibly short-sighted. You know, you're talking about a young guy just got elected to the council. He's still in his mid-20s. And he probably right now, today, as John DePetro and Dan McGowan talk, uh, you know, feels good about himself, right? He's a martyr and, and all these, you know, progressives are coming to his side. What happens next Tuesday, though, when he wakes up right. and he's 20, 27 years old, no job, his only job is, you know, a $20,000 a year job on the city council. Uh, he's going to really come to regret this uh, going forward, you know, on a stand that isn't, it's not like it's a local issue. It's not like they have this, you know, big disagreement over some, you know, I don't know, charter schools or something like that, that like, at least you could say, you know, I'm fighting for my constituents. This is a, you know, a global issue that you decided to take a stand on and then you're, you're, you're going to lose your job over it. It makes completely no sense to me dan mcgowan are you surprised that um there's certainly been opposition you know the progressives uh whether it be tiara mack or sam bell or the, the democrat socialist side but um are you surprised that no other you know democrats have stepped forward to say i stand with with governor mckee on this I am surprised by that. And it's funny because, you know, and I'm sure we could, we'll talk about this, but as, as you, I think, know, we had a big event last night with David Cicilline yes. where I interviewed, you know, the new president and CEO of the Rhode Island Foundation. And right off the, the top, I asked the question about, you know, uh, everything going on in the Middle East. And um, he couldn't have been more strong that what happened on October 7th was a terrorist attack. That Israel has the right to defend itself. And that, sure, you know, you need to make sure that there's a, you know, there, that there are humanitarian efforts and everything going on. But that, that you know, this is a, a relatively one side. Now, he called it complex and complicated, but on the, on the merits of a terrorist attack, it's a relatively clear issue. Um, 
but you listen to everybody else saying, or, you know, you actually, you don't listen. You wait for other people to kind of step up and maybe come to the governor's defense to some degree. Uh, and there just hasn't been. And the governor is, is kind of doing this on his own. Now, again, I think he's in the right. And I think the public will, you know, will essentially side with him on this. But you would think on an issue that's relatively clear cut that certainly the mainstream of the Democratic Party um, all kind of feels roughly the same way. You would think there would be a little bit more support. It does show you, uh, you know, to some degree, I think, of what uh, what some of the other statewide elected office holders kind of think of Governor McKee, right? They're not scared of him, so they're not going to – they don't feel obligated in any way to really come to his defense. They're kind of – I think they all kind of look at this with, you know, well, let's grab the popcorn and watch it all unfold as opposed to uh, standing in unison. That That's the difference between – I mean, you know, a, a Governor McKee and let's say a Governor Raimondo, who I think if Governor Raimondo, who I think she would have taken, prob- my guess is she would have taken the same position on this and probably would have tried to fi- fire Miguel Sanchez. But I think she would have tried her best to make sure that, you know, she had the support of uh, other elected office holders, other uh, you know, maybe the you know some of the Jewish community leaders, like things like that, so that she had kind of a, a, a way to fall back and say, "Hey, it's not just me that feels this way; it's a lot of people." I wonder if if uh, a Gina, a Governor Raimondo, would have hired him in the first place. When you well, great question, right? Hire someone like that; it's uh, it's it's going to be problematic. It's going to be a tightrope to walk in the first place. Dan McGowan, touch on. I mean, if you 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 had a chance to sit down, you've you've covered him in Congress. Uh, I don't recall if you covered him when he was mayor, but I mean, I look at talk about someone that made a good decision based on all the nonsense that's going on in D.C. right now with the the speaker battle and everything else. How did you how did you find now former Congressman David Cicilline? Well, look, you've known David Cicilline far longer than I have. He is uh, he is the consummate politician. He is still very much excuse me he is still very much in the mode of you know four events a night he actually joked to me that you know we were the we were the easy one to go to last night because he had three or four things after our you know six o'clock event uh that he had to you know be making the rounds on um i think he is i think he's enjoying the new role because i think like anytime you get to give out money uh, and, you know, to various nonprofits and organizations and kind of be a, you know, a thought leader uh, in Rhode Island. You know, it's much it's much nicer than having to, you know, fly to D.C. all the time. Uh, I do get the sense that he misses kind of being in the mix. Yeah. Uh, we were we were talking uh, a little bit about, you know, he did have a core group of, you know, 20 or 30 uh, members of Congress down there who, um, who he really, you know, in their 12 years, you, you develop a, a really strong relationship with a lot of people. And, um, you know, you start to realize that when you're gone, you're gone, right? You know, it's not like you can go out to dinner every, you know, every Thursday night. Um, even he was saying how uh, you might have seen yesterday that the, a fairly little known congressman, Ken Buck, a Republican, yes. uh, announced yesterday that, that he is, is not going to run for re-election. And Ken Buck and David Cicilline couldn't be di- more different people. David Cicilline would say, he, he, he said this last night, you know, I find some of the things he thinks about gay people to be absolutely reprehensible, but they happen to work together right. on on, uh, on antitrust issues. And they had this really strong bond where they agreed that they felt they both felt very strongly about kind of cracking down on the big tech companies and that they wouldn't touch anything else that the other person um you know, believes that they weren't going to fight. In fact, uh, the congressman, I believe he said this publicly, he definitely told me this privately. Uh, I'm pretty sure he told the story that they had, they had essentially had a a moment where um, the the congressman Buck said something to the effect, said something, uh, you know, about what he believes in same-sex marriage and all these progressive groups uh, said, David Cicilline, you need to come out and condemn him. And he said, what we did instead was I called him and I said, what's wrong with you? Why would you do this? Why, you know, they hashed it out, but they kept their, their focus on, you know, on uh, big tech and antitrust. And, and they actually really developed a good relationship. But he joked with me. He said, you know, I texted him to congratulate him, but we didn't, we didn't catch up. We, didn't, we haven't been able to talk yet. And I think he misses, you know, I, that, the longer you're out, it's only been five months for him, but the longer you're out, 
uh, the, the longer you're, you know, the more you're going to kind of lose touch with everybody. And, and, and I think he'll miss that part of it. And he, of course, doesn't miss the, you know, the silly fights. Uh, you know, he, he certainly, uh, we, we, we joked right off the bat as well that, you know, everything, uh, the speakership fell apart. There's a war in the Middle East right after he left. So, uh, I think he, I think he, he, he enjoys not having to, you know, deal with that every single day. Propane Plus, call them today, heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations, you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 a service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus but as a especially folks and again we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe after being one of the impeachment managers he was a somebody in dc he was Mm -hmm. you know we'd go in and people would know him and i'm sure that's that's a tough life to give away when you are a prominent individual at the capitol now folks in today's boston globe and it's mentioned in roadmap your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick, Dan McGowan. Here we go. Narona may run for governor. Touch on that yeah. story. Yeah, and Jonathan, you and I have been speculating about this for a really long time. I yep. think this is the first time that that Peter Narona has publicly said, "Yes, I'm looking at a run." He, you know, he's he's been very critical of the governor. There's no secret about that. But he, this is the first time that he really says, "Yes, like that's what." I want to do, yep. you know, I'm raising, I'm raising, raised, raised about 60 grand in the last quarter to, to do that. Now that's not enough money to, to compete with, with the governor. So Peter Grimm is going to really need to step up his, um, you know, his fundraising. I think he's also going to need to build a bigger profile. I, I don't think that um, kind of being the critic of, you know, sort of various different departments in government is the way to win this office. I mean, like if you're the attorney general, your job is to crack down on bad guys and crack down on public corruption. He's going to need to have kind of a big fish, potentially. Uh, I think this Lisa Valdelli Hunt thing that Channel 12 has been on could potentially be an opening where they yeah. might, you know, maybe, maybe open an investigation and you, uh, you, you know, you potentially get a win there. Uh, I think that's kind of his path. If he, if he can't get there, I'm not sure that the attorney general talking about, you know, the importance of the healthcare industry is kind of sexy enough to uh, really break through. But he's clearly frustrated. He's keeping up with that, with, with, the, with the criticism. And, um, you know, and, and don't forget how important it is to be kind of first out of the gate. We all know Alina Folks is kind of waiting in the, win, in, the, in the wings and she wants to do this again. But Peter Narona is the one being aggressive. He's the one that's saying, you know, I'm, I'm out there. I'm raising the money. I'm going to try to do this. And, you know, there could come a time, remember, three years away, there's a, a lifetime away from another governor's race. But if, if Peter Narona kind of strikes a nerve and, and, you know, can in the next, let's say, 18 months really start to, you know, put together, start, start to kind of get that, you know, that uh, the ball rolling downhill, so to speak, and, and get the momentum, you know, there's a chance you crowd everybody else out and you do get a one-on-one shot uh, with Governor McKee in a primary. And I think he would be pretty formidable. I think so. We saw it last spring when he was, you know, arguing that he deserved yeah. more money for his cold case unit. And that was a kind of a head-to-head matchup. Now, folks, each time, uh, each weekday morning, uh, you, we're going to tell you in a moment how you can get roadmap. And Dan McGowan, I like how you start off saying, here we go, you know, another, uh, another poor test scores. And now all of a sudden, another coalition to save struggling schools. But I think Neil Steinberg, he also was vocal on social media kind of backing you saying let's yeah. not be celebrating the poor providence test scores yeah so there's a new in roadmap today we break the story there's a new business uh, group 
uh, the Rhode Island Businesses for Better Education, who, uh, you know, it's essentially a lot of the Chambers of Commerce, and uh, Neil Steinberg is involved in this group, the Rhode Island Public Expenditure Council. So a lot of the, you know, names that are somewhat familiar, at least by brand, maybe if not by individual, um, who are coming together and they're saying, hey, we, we want to do more for education in the state. We want to, you know, hold people accountable. We want to advocate for, you know, improving the crack absenteeism rates and all this other uh, stuff. It's going to be interesting to see how much they do. My, you know, I, I'll tell you, I, I think anytime groups get involved in, in wanting to help education, I think it generally is a good idea. It, where I'm a little bit skeptical, I point this out on Roadmap today, is it, it, you can't. Ju- this can't just be, you know, a couple of billboards on the side of a ripped bus, right? If, if you're going to be serious about this, if you're going to make an effort, um, sometimes you're going to have to ruffle feathers. Sometimes you're going to have to, you know, these all these these um, chambers of commerce. They love their relationship with like the AFL CIL. Well, guess what? The AFL CIL, you know, includes the two teachers unions, right? They're not going to support anything that, you know, is, is, you know, for more teacher accountability. And so if, if you're willing to ruffle feathers, if you're willing to maybe go against uh, the AFL, powerful unions, things like that, I think there could be real, um, there could be, you know, a chance for real progress here. If not, then it's just, you know, then uh, then you and I, uh, literally a year from now, we'll be talking about another round of poor test scores and another, you know, let's get everybody on board and do and do something. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. And it's also going to be interesting to see how much uh, Governor McKee and Commissioner Infante Green are willing to kind of um, embrace this group. Are they going to perceive it to be maybe a little too tied to someone like a Helena Folks? Are they going to consider it a rival or... Can you can you deploy the business groups to say, hey, we need you to testify at the state house. We need you to, you know, we need you to put more money into Learn Three Six Five, the governor's signature program. Um, and so, so that, that's those are the kind of things that I'm really watching for in the next couple of months with this new group. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. In the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan, right now they're doing award-winning coverage on this fiasco, unbelievable, unbelievable yeah. that happened in Maine. They're breaking the story. They're furthering the story. Uh, really incredible. Plus, you know, as you write, the Celtics look like a strong team this year. And then, obviously, uh, the latest on the Patriots. I agree with you. That mayor of Woonsocket, Beldelli Hunt, I think that story um, certainly has legs. And yes. uh, I'll be curious to see how Attorney General Peter Nerona handles it. Now, folks, you hear us mention Roadmap. It arrives each weekday. In my inbox, you get an email, and then there's all the links. Plus, Dan McGowan's very modest, but he breaks stories left and right. Uh, before I, I have you give uh, how can people can get it, how was first Halloween? <laughs> it was uh, uh, little Jack was uh, was asleep <laughs> by six fifteen, so uh, he, he didn't like all the the ruckus of the door knocking. But we had him in good costumes. We were Jack Jack from The Incredibles, which was funny. That's great. Uh, and, and we'll see. We'll, we'll, I think next year he'll be maybe a little more ready for uh, maybe <laughs> a little candy. Actually, <laughs> how how can people get roadmap, Dan McGowan? Very simple. Send me a blank email. rinews at globe.com. Just a blank email. I'll know what it is i'll sign you up and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning folks he's dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan great job as always and we'll talk to you again thank you so much john have a good one it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland diagonally across from davenport restaurant stop in and see marie that historic white church shop local inside all quality products vitamins Herbal remedies, trusted companies, they understand quality, integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health. Local products. I say honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health. And it's my health.
You're listening to The John DePietro Show. So there's someone that I see in social media. Uh, he calls himself Club Ambition, and he does a podcast. And it is, um, it's astounding how someone can't get basic facts straight. But this is part of the narrative that goes out there. What I find interesting is I wouldn't blame people that listen to these individuals for being confused on a story, meaning you would hear it and say, wow, how is that allowed? Well, the problem is they're not giving accurate information. So I want to do a little stop and start. These are, I, I actually don't know their names, but there's two individuals, and they're discussing Governor McKee firing uh, his staffer, Miguel Sanchez. Now, before I, I play this, what, what they are also confusing the audience on is he's, he, he happens to be a city councilman who he is a city councilman in Providence. And he did have a job with the governor, but they're not necessarily connected. He didn't get the job because he's a city councilman. And because of that, people are confused. He is Sanchez, a member of the city council. He was a constituent affairs at will employee for Governor McKee patronage job right somebody calls up blah 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 and then you follow up cushy job reward for most of the time you reward people that did work for you on the campaign trail i have a feeling this guy providence city councilman miguel sanchez i have a feeling he did a lot of ballot harvesting for the mckee campaign last year so now i want to play for you but this is listen to two people discussing it their rendition of how they view what happened now, before I play this, there's a couple important things here. Number one, Sanchez was blaming the United States and Israel for what happened October 7th. Miguel Sanchez, the city councilman, was blaming the United States and Israel and saying that the United States was aiding Israel in genocide. That's what he was saying. That's not how then they interpret. I met one of these individuals. <laughs> Um, they insist they finished high school. I'm not fully, but as we talked about it with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd, freedom of speech doesn't mean you're entitled to a job. You're an at-will employee. You're not a state worker. You're not a member of a union. You're an at-will employee. You get a job because of the, who the person the governor is. When a new person becomes governor, all those at-will employees lose their job for other at-will employees. These individuals don't seem to be able to comprehend that concept. He is entitled to freedom of speech. He's not entitled to a job. So his views attending an anti-Israel rally that is supportive of Hamas does not align with Governor McKee. Before I play this sound, I want you to remember something. Attorney Dodd broke this out well. If the governor had someone that was suddenly lashing out on gay rights or lashing out on transgender or lashing out on Black Lives Matter, would any of these people be objecting if the governor then terminated that at will employee? The answer is no. So, but let's play because there are people that hear this stuff and they say, yeah, that's right. He's entitled to free. He's entitled to freedom of speech. He's not entitled to a job. So um, let's let's play these individuals discussing this story in Rhode Island right now. For those who don't know, Governor Dan McKee has officially fired a city councilman, Miguel Sanchez, over tweets supporting Palestine. Miguel Sanchez was a city councilman. But aside from that, he no, he is a city councilman. That That's what this individual can't even comprehend that. Sanchez as a member of the city council and getting a job with the governor unrelated he's still a member of the city council. he was on the city no he is on the city council all right let this drivel continue was a constituent service staffer miguel sanchez reportedly making fifty thousand dollars from this job the governor strongly believes that words matter and words can have the potential to fan the flames of hate and division i think this might be historic for rhode island because i don't recall whenever a governor has fired an actual state employee for a political view or opinion it never happened during black lives matter he's not a state employee 
He's not a state employee. He's an at-will employee. I understand these individuals can't comprehend the difference. He's not a state employee. He's an at-will constituent employee. Whether you were for or against, it never happened during the January 6th riots. There was people that attended January 6th that were from Rhode Island. A lot of people are... I, there, there were people, none of them were state employees. I have no idea what they... How what that's all about. There were people that attended January 6th, right, but none of them worked as an at-will employee for the governor. Drawing conclusions of hypocrisy, this is only going to cause more division. It makes us feel like if you're working for the governor, if you're working for the state, you have to think like him or else. People at the rally work. It's two separate things there. If you work for the state, you have to think like the governor. No. There were people that worked for the state that didn't vote for the governor. There's people that worked for the state that were working on campaigns of other candidates. It's an at-will employee. Folks, do you believe the, like, how this mind works? Condemning Hamas. Unprecedented times right now that we're facing in Rhode Island and across the country. Where like certain posts now can have you fired. When BLM was happening. All right, so now this is his co-host so to speak or sidekick i vividly remember my city councilman jim taylor supporting blue lives matter and denouncing blm nothing happened to him he still worked for the state no one fired him all right now when when you're a city councilman you're elected and you don't necessarily work for the state blue lives matter well apparently i i don't know what to make how i that's not a correlation but we'll let these, in 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 their minds, they they think this this somehow is a correlation. And I'm not mad at that. I think you should be allowed to speak on your political views. I've never seen a governor or a state high-ranking state official fire, especially a city councilman, out of anybody um, from their position. For they think he was hired as a city councilman. It, that has nothing to do with it. That's irrelevant. They have. I. I that, that has nothing to do. Him being a city councilman. He may have lost the election. He was already working for McKee. Speaking their political. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. J. Perry Paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call today for a free estimate serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Why not get your driveway paved? Maybe your parking lot. J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured, contracted company, committed to meeting their clients' needs, no matter how big, how small, Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project, just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. What a difference it'll make for your home, for your business. With J. Perry Paving, call them today. Free quote, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Look for them on Facebook. They're also online. And remember, no one is better with veterans than J. Perry Paving. If you're a veteran or related to one, they have a special package designed for you. It'll be the most cost-efficient way to get your driveway paved or your business. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730.
You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, the news and the stories coming out of Maine, um, unfortunately, are going from bad to worse. Uh, this was certainly an avoidable situation. People really dropped the ball. People in a position to do something about it certainly dropped the ball. And when you start to read about all the missed warning signs, this is now, the governor is now saying this is going to, um, independent commission to probe the shooting. You have the uh, main sheriff deputy blasting the state police handling of it. Now, folks, as someone that, you know, as, as you know, was up there on Friday, it struck me as very unorganized and where they ended up finding the dead gunman he should have been found uh, with he should have been found within 12 hours of the shooting i mean he should have been found immediately after his vehicle but the more that we're learning about this law enforcement military officials knew about his instability ignored the warnings they were warned repeatedly about robert card months leading up to october 25th repeatedly about it killed 18 wounded 13 detailed reports and again i want to credit the boston globe has done a fantastic job on this there was a fellow reservist who pleading changed the passcode to the unit gate about his erratic behavior and it all seemingly just all went unanswered and you had an army reservist in the Boston Globe again. I think they're doing award-winning work. Sent texts saying this guy is unstable and he's going to do a mass uh, shooting. A set of desperate texts in a letter. U.S. Army Reserve Training Supervisor to a Maine Sheriff. High level of concern over Robert Card. In one text sent um, in September to the army reserve training supervisor kelvin moat one of cards fellow reservists urged the supervisor change the passcode to the unit gate where weapons were being stored his fellow reservists identified only as hodgson wrote i believe he's going to snap into a mass shooting please the reservists wrote in the text i believe he's messed up in the head i'm afraid he's gonna blank up his life from hearing things he thinks he heard the reservist ultimately sent four separate texts begging for help. He wrote, Card is still in possession of weapons. I'd love him to death, but I do not know how to help him. He refuses to get help or to continue help. And yes, he still has all his weapons. There it is. Why did they ignore this? The new documents show the gravity of the concerns relayed to the sheriff's department in the months before the worst mass shooting in New England in more than a decade. He worked for the Ellsworth Police Department, 100 miles northeast of Lewiston. The Lewiston police chief told the Globe when he heard about threats of violence against his officer, he also contacted the sheriff's office September 15th, followed up the following day. We were concerned based on the fact there was a military trained individual who had access to weapons. The letter text messages referenced sent to reporters this week describe his paranoia in detail card a sergeant first class been hearing voices calling him a pedophile and other insults i mean the guy totally was losing his mind on july 15th card accused his fellow reservists making those insults shoved one of them while they were picking up beer at a convenience store after that incident he locked himself in his motel room and refused to answer the door soon after the army reserve involuntarily committed card for treatment for wind psychiatric hospital in new york he spent 14 days. He didn't seek further treatment. Then during a four-hour visit, Carr didn't say a word. Four-hour visit with, the guy, with this guy in the hospital wouldn't speak. He just steered through me without blinking. In a separate incident, on his way home from a casino, Card punched the fellow reservist, referred to as Hodgson, accusing him of calling him a pedophile. Card then told Hodgson he had guns. He's going to shoot up the drill center at Saco and other places. All of this was being written and sent to the sheriff. Uh, the person writing this said, I'd rather err on the side of caution with regard to Card since he's a capable marksman. If he should set his mind to carry out the threats made to Hudson, he'd be able to do it. And they did nothing. Folks, there is going to be hell to pay 
and and rightfully so i mean this is just so appalling and it was just a week ago everyone's stunned no one can believe what happened how could something like this happen um you know now people are trying to come to their um aid and and assist them in the grieving process but and even there's a main sheriff deputy blasting the state police and then drew a rebuke from the colonel of the state police a main sheriff's deputy accused the state police of mishandling the two-day manhunt claiming in a scathing facebook post that agencies were cut out of the search while residents of lewiston were urged to shelter in place radio silence from state police who we claim failed to share information with the sheriff's office lewiston police and other agencies you know as i was there folks i you know granted i i just i still cannot believe i if you watched any of the live coverage last week i was stunned that they found him less than one mile from where his car was what was that all about last thursday what was that all about even during the course of friday i i i i um and they they initially cleared the area the area where he was end up being found so the main state police colonel saying well you know the deputy is the luxury of his opinion but we have the ultimate responsibility of the agency i think they got overwhelmed you know with the fbi coming in with the president on the phone and i i um as i had, have stated repeatedly i was shocked actually they found him so close to where his car was found i i think a lot of the criticism is uh completely warranted folks you're listening to the john DePietro show yankee tree service call them today 401 439-6028 439-6028 the tree trimming experts from lincoln you can always find them online yankeetreeservice.com tree removal since 2006 24 7 emergency service available it's yankee tree folks i've dealt with them for years tree removal stump grinding tree pruning also emergency service and bucket truck service you can depend on on yankee tree service call them today get a free quote 401-439-6028 and remember with yankee tree service they have the licensed arbutus they'll come out and they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed maybe what tree you don't want to get removed tree pruning also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees it's yankee tree service call them today the tree trimming experts based out of lincoln call them at 401-439-6028 yankee tree service 401-439-6028 this portion of the program is brought to you by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln pop in and see them whether it's for lunch nice weather you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room delicious food then they also have a great full bar large dining area and you're gonna love the lounge the lodge pub and eatery people rave about their delicious consistent great food and also the great staff i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln <music> 